Welcome to the greatest Northeastern podcast revolving about the NFL, made by amateurs. My name is Cage DePaulo, and this is our another weekly installment of First and Ten. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Michael Clement. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing good. You know, Christmas was just yesterday, and also like that's a very specific title that you're giving our podcast. I I just feel like you know the greatest Northeastern podcast for revol- amateurs, for a- revolving around NFL for amateurs. It kind of like fits the first and ten logo. Like if you think about us in the dictionary, that's kind of like exactly what comes up. Yeah, we could like add that to our logo. Like we could do like the weird word art where like we can like make it like a U shaped like around like, it'll just <laughs> right on the like, football. It'll just take up the whole logo at that point. We we should just start selling ourselves. Is that I really think we'll start to get more people. But how was your how was your Christmas, Michael? Overall, it was it was good. It, it was the the usual fam. We went hard with like food though yesterday, which is like really like surprising. We like we have like so many leftovers at my house, like it's it's crazy. Oh, same. I, I was actually saying to my family today, I feel like this is like the most food we had in forever. There was just everything. Yeah. Like I was so full, I didn't even have desserts. And I we both love our grandma's cookies. Exactly. And I couldn't even fit any in my stomach. I was that full from the actual main meal. Yeah. It yeah. was a very fulfilling although there was not as much snow, at least where we are, because you know, not because of global warming or anything that yeah. doesn't exist. Well, let's not get political. <laughs> but but, uh, but it, it snowed on Christmas Eve at least for like yeah for a little bit. Nothing really stuck. But yeah, Christmas has now come and passed. We're looking forward to the new year. Yeah, this is our last episode of 2018, and uh, we kind of figured with a new year, we'll kind of reflect a little bit on the previous year of uh, the sports in the NFL. Yeah, but first before we do that, um, we should probably just plug our iTunes and Spotify again. We're Which, on that, by the way. If, yeah, if you didn't know and you're listening to our website, on our website, thank you. But we're also on Apple and uh, Spotify. Which, uh, Michael, how, where can you find us on Apple and Spotify? You can find us on Apple at first and 10. So it's like the and symbol and the number 10. You can find us, same name for both of those. And uh, we appreciate everyone so far that's been giving us reviews and writing us five stars. Uh, please, it's really helped out a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously if you want to continue to do that, we'd greatly appreciate it. I was actually thinking, Michael, we should probably work on getting us on Android's software because like, I have a lot of people that have been reaching out to me who have Androids yeah. who like they're, they're kind of, which I didn't know that existed. I didn't know Androids could even, you know, have their own music podcast button, but I guess for those 1% people that don't have Spotify or an iPhone. Well, yeah, I mean, Spotify is free, though. Yeah, and but... It's, on the, it's definitely on the... Listen, Google I'm just telling you what the store. word of the people are saying, okay. all right, Michael? Yeah, we can, we can work That's on getting... That's for 2019, Katie Michael, on, We can work on getting on Google. I think it's Google Music or something like that. I don't know. And, well, Androids are, like, the equivalent of, like, the the flip phone, like, t- 10, 20 years ago. It, it, they're, they're, they're becoming kind of obsolete. I don't know. It's well. It's also yeah. Just because Apple just runs the world, yeah. Kind of like Beyonce. Nothing like um, oligopolies. Am I right? Oh, I but love. Anyways, <laughs> this is not a tech podcast. This is not a tech podcast a or a political podcast. podcast. This is a football podcast, as we aforementioned. Uh, How did you enjoy our the riveting Monday night football game, Christmas Eve, with your family? Oh, Christmas Eve, I got a nice treat to see the Broncos and Raiders play each other, and like the only thing worthwhile about that game was like. Booger, was, the Booger Mobile was gone. Yeah, the Booger Mobile was gone. Like that was just like a Christmas miracle in itself. <laughs> but like, it was also possibly Oakland's. I mean, the last game in Oakland. 
I yeah, pro- most know. likely, almost definitely, unless if Al Davis, Mark Davis, Mark Davis, Mark Davis. I think. yeah, Al Davis has I passed he, away. Yeah, I think Mark Davis. Mark Davis, unless if he pulls off a, another miracle, a I don't miracle. think. Oh, I don't think we'll be seeing any more games in Oakland. Yeah, we're giving him too much credit as an owner, he he literally looks like how he his probably IQ is. But uh, you know, uh, enough of you know slandering the young man or old man. He's probably old. He's very old. Uh, what else did you think? About the Raiders won. Raiders won. It was a kind of commanding lead, but it was against the Broncos. Yeah, who haven't really lately been that well, especially with all the injuries. Any other quick games last week that you... Biggest game for me, because I was was tuning into the Eagles-Texans game in the last couple of minutes after the Pats game. Eagles, um, Nick Foles, he got like the wind knocked out of him on like the final drive. He like comes back like a play later and he... Brings the Eagles downfield for to to set up for a field goal to win it all. Worst so now, case scenario for the Texans too. Yeah, Texans drop to the three seed. Pats move up to the two seed. There, that still can change this week, and we'll get into that later. Um, also, Ravens beating the Chargers on Saturday that was huge. Was a good game. That was that was huge for the Ravens because now they are the front runners for the AFC North. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, and it's all thanks to the Saints who beat the Steelers. And now the Steelers went from being the four seed, I think? Yep, the four seed. Four seed from now in the hunt. Yeah. That's that's a very scary thing going into Week 17. They're not even in the hunt. We'll kind of go about it when we're talking about the game previews. But it's not even like they they can only get in the playoffs if they win the division. Yeah. They literally, there's no chance for the six seed. The six seed is either the Colts or Titans. That's it. And then the four seed is the Ravens or Steelers. That's it. Neither of those teams could make the six seed either. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot going to happen on the AFC side while the NFC is kind of quiet. Yeah, it's just like a chase for the two and three seed. The Bears and the Rams could trade seeds. It's possible. I mean... Yeah, that's, it'll, that's it'll, really about it. Yeah. Because uh, the Seahawks locked up the five seed, I think. Yeah, that, yeah this, they, and the they, Cowboys locked up the four seed. Yeah. So Cowboys, a lot of, I mean, lot of stuff kind of this past week got locked in, mm. finalized. A lot of teams know where they're at. Any big headlines, Michael? I don't... Other than Josh Gordon. Yeah. That was a big one. But, like, that's... It's not really, like, an on-the-field thing. That was just, like, a controversial off-the-field off issue. You know, he's obviously... Hope he gets help. But, yeah, the Josh Gordon... I've seen that as a Browns fan happen many times, unfortunately, and now all my Speaking Patriots of Browns, buddies. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is AFC Player of the Week. For yeah, week sixteen. That was actually huge. My quarterbacks made it, boys. It's a. It'll be exciting when for the draft when we finally don't have to look at quarterbacks. Didn't you say that this was the first Brown that has made um, first quarterback, first Brown, Brown quarterback. quarterback that has made like AFC Player of the Week reps for since two thousand seven? Yeah, something like that. I was reading. That's so eleven years, kid. <laughs> Uh, a lot of uh, Baker Mayfield has broken quite a few records this season, Michael. Yeah. Quite a few. The Browns did win again. They've won three straight, which I'm not used to as a Browns fan. It's a foreign concept to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few players were put on IR. A lot of it from teams that kind of, you know, their season's done. Yeah. Taylor Henneke, one of the bigger ones, unfortunately. Yeah. I, they... I felt so bad for the kid because all through last week, he was like getting his first career start. He was talking about how his dad who had passed when he was a freshman in college. He, he really wanted to start a game just for his dad. He goes in, he plays, and then he... And he didn't even play poorly. He, he played all right yeah, for a backup. All, he, yeah, for his very first start and for a backup, he did okay. And then he messed up his 
other arm, not his throwing arm, and now he's on IR. Philip Lindsay's probably the biggest IR name out there. That made me like mad. Yeah, so unfortunately to go down against the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, Philip Lindsay. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know, he was the Broncos' really stellar undrafted rookie um, running back. Made the Pro Bowl. What one like only one of three or four people to be an undrafted free agent and make the Pro Bowl their rookie year. Yeah, and Some, he, he just passed 1,000 yards, too. Yeah, so, and uh, he's unfortunately, and it's a serious injury, too, that could affect if he even starts week one next season. Yeah, Um. I hope he gets better soon. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he gets better soon. He's a really admirable guy. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, you know, hometown Bronco native, yeah. lives with his parents, so I'm sure his mom and dad are making him feel a lot better at home right now. Yeah. Wishing Lindsay the best. But, uh, th- yeah, there aren't really many other headlines besides, you know, what we said, IR players. Yeah. I mean, this is a good segue into our discussion. Yeah, the is, front office roundtable of the week. Yeah, it's it's nothing really as controversial of a discussion. It's more it's more reminiscing. This is our last episode of the year. We, we want to just look back at the season so far since this is the last um, game, I mean, week of the regular season. We're both in, a, you know, jolly spirits. Yeah. Kind of looking back at the year ourselves, reflecting uh, really about everything. And we thought, why not talk about, you know, a lot of things that happened this year in football. Yeah, Some favorite, of our favorite moments and favorite stuff. Favorite moments, storylines, players, and performances. Yeah, so, I, I have a bunch goes. of stuff written down. Yeah, so we can, uh, we'll kind of just talk about that. We'd love to hear also from you, the viewers, on stuff yeah, that you thought are big. On, uh, let us know on our Twitter or our Facebook. Our Twitter is first and 10 sports. First and 10 pod. First and ten pod, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, um, let's not give any other random people credit here, Michael. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. First and ten pod, not first and ten what sports. What about our Facebook? Uh, first and then the and symbol and then the number ten. Yes. And uh, yeah, definitely hit us up on there. Let us know some of your favorite football moments. Michael, why don't you start? Let me know something that really... Uh... Now, I think one of my favorite storylines this year obviously has to be Baker Mayfield. And I, and I know you would love... We could go all day about this since you're... <sighs> huge Browns fan just a little bit yeah just a little bit of a huge Browns fan but honestly going into the draft this year I wasn't a big fan of Baker Mayfield I thought like watching him at Oklahoma towards like his I mean in his senior year I I didn't really like him I thought he was just another clone of Johnny Manziel but which I know a lot about yeah he, <laughs> he changed my he started changing my mind in his Rose Bowl performance against mm. uh Georgia against yeah he he had a lot of heart in that game, and I, I it, and it kind of caused me to realize that he wasn't an asshole. He was just really, really passionate about the game, and he showed that a lot from the moment he was drafted into Cleveland. It's literally like Cleveland has just they were just coming off of a season where they didn't win a single game. They lost sixteen. Yeah. They went four zero in the preseason. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, they went undefeated in the preseason, pre-season. and then lost sixteen. Sixteen games. But yeah, it, the culture there was abysmal. They they didn't have a winning culture. Everyone just kind of seemed upset to be there, and you kind of saw that with Deshaun Kaiser. He didn't really say much, but Baker went in, and as soon as the Browns cleaned house and got rid of Hugh Jackson and their and Todd uh, Haley and Todd Haley. I think that Baker kind of just was given the wiggle room to become the leader on this team. I, immediately, you would see it 
I mean, when when the Browns met the Bengals the first time after Hugh Jackson got fired, he stared him down. No, he, that was this. That was this week. Oh, la- was this? La- when the first time he met the Bengals was when Hugh tried to give him a hug. Oh yeah, and yeah, he like he kind of like brushed underneath him and just walked away. Yeah, and then um, what's his name? Um, Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall just handed like a ball to like Hugh after he just picked off Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I I really appreciate how Baker Mayfield has made Cleveland his own. And I feel like just with he he's kind of, he's boosted morale, and I feel like that the Browns could easily be a playoff team next season, and which is crazy considering that a year ago they didn't win a single game. I mean, it's also you know we won't just talk about Baker, but they could have made the playoffs this season if they, you think they about were it. Very close. If they were very close, and if they it begs the question on if Baker started Week One, if those you know two. Three games they lost against the Raiders, the Saints, and then the game they tied against the Steelers. If Baker could have won it for them, if he started, yeah. So I, I think Baker Mayfield, obviously, I think he's a shoe in for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I agree, no doubt. Or, yeah, or at least Rookie of the Year. He'll win yeah, one of those, one, and one I think Saquon Barkley will win the other one. Yeah, and on the flip side, I I really think one of I mean another rookie that has really made an impact we don't really no no one really talks about him that much but he's he's been doing really really well he's made the pro bowl this year he broke like a single season record already um according to pro football focus i mean since pro football focus started writing these things down yeah derwin james um safety for the chargers he has 16 pressures and he's been doing like this all year yeah that he was another person i was thinking of that's really uh impacted the chargers a ton yeah like really really Help them a lot, and it's something in a position where you really don't think. I mean, you know, whether casual fans or even us who are always looking at football stuff, you really undervalue the safety position. Mm. And he honestly performed at such a high level. He he's a big reason this Chargers team is such a strong competitor team, and like could be the one seed depending on things that happen. Yeah, I think that Derwin James. I mean, don't no one really talks about him. He made himself kind of the leader already in this Chargers mm. secondary. They didn't really have a face up until this year, and that's why they their defense kind of has done okay, but like hasn't been at the level where they are right now. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of players, if we're sticking with players right now, that really I kind of shaped this season. Um, a lot of quarterbacks, actually. I have, you know, Baker Mayfield as well for everything you said. Patrick Mahomes, I think, yeah, you can't, is a crazy you can't story. Leave out Mahomes. Mahomes. I mean, this dude... Nobody thought he was going to be a good quarterback. He played one game last year, and it was Week 17 after you know the Chiefs clinched a first round by or whatever it was. And you know he played all right. Nobody thought this dude. Everyone thought the Chiefs reached for him, and he's phenomenal. He's, he seems he he seems so overhyped, but now that he has proven himself, like immediately, he's he's probably going to win MVP this year yeah. too. And I mean, it's crazy because the thing is, I think the chiefs would have such a better record if their defense wasn't abysmal. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, every loss this chiefs team has had, it was not because of Patrick Mahomes play yeah. every single game. I mean, they, I guess you could argue that like he technically was the reason that they lost to the Rams, but at the same time, but it the, wasn't. The, the chiefs defense was the reason that the, they let up so many, many points. points. Yeah. I mean, but, like, the thing it came is, down to like that one pick, but that end, was but... also seconds left. Yeah. There was 15 seconds left. And you know, as a defense, 
the only way they're going to win is if they throw 40-yard passes because of how far they had to go. Yeah. So it wasn't his fault. He had to do that. There was only, like, 15 seconds left. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I also think Andrew Luck. Think about it. Dude. This this guy hasn't played years. Two yeah. About a year and a half he didn't play. And he came back. And this Colts team is is good. Yeah. I think I think they'll they'll get the sixth seed. He's playing at an MVP level as well. He finally has a good offensive line. He's making you know he he made Eric Ebron's career alive. Eric yeah. Ebron was a draft boss. Everybody, yeah. nobody, everyone. It was a consensus that Eric Ebron was a draft yeah. boss. Detroit just did not know how to use Ebron, and yeah. that was that was evident to me from the start. But and Andrew Luck has made him a star. He yeah. he was arguably one of the best tight ends, the best tight end in the AFC at least. Yeah, him and Zach Ertz, obviously the two best tight ends I think in the league this year. Yeah, and then you know T. Y. Hilton's playing great. Andrew Luck has been a phenomenal player to watch. And then the only non quarterback I have on this kind of list is Jalen Smith. Yeah, I was torn between him or our our uh, fan of the show Vanderash, <laughs> but I think Jalen Smith is a better like I've been more excited about him because if you don't know Jalen Smith, two years ago when he went to Notre Dame, yeah, he uh in a bowl game he suffered what should have been a career ending injury. Yeah, like he was the, he should have never stepped on a field he, again. He was like a top pick talent 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 in the draft. He was supposed to go like top three and. Because that injury in the bowl game, he dropped to the second round where the which the even Cowboys then that was very high. That was very high that the I mean the, the Cowboys took him, but it worked out. Yeah, I mean he's playing as one of the best you know outside linebackers in the league right now. Yeah, he's playing phenomenal, and I think it's crazy how well he had a, what sixty nine yard fumble recovery return yet last week. Yeah, against the yeah. Buccaneers, and he was fast. If you watch it, he was fast. Yeah, he did not look like a dude that should have been that was you know being told he should never be on the field again. Yeah, he's he's back to one hundred percent. Yeah, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with soon. And those I mean, are going back to um tight ends actually i was going to talk about zach Ertz for a little bit because he did break the most receptions in a season by a tight end record mm. and i feel like he's he this season has kind of proved that he probably should be in the conversation for best tight end in the league right now because i mean although gronk is gronk gronk has kind of fallen off the face of the earth now he's the, the, the injuries, injuries have, have finally got, caught up to gronk the injuries have finally caught up to him i'd say he's got a solid year or two left. So it that comes down to Ertz and Kelsey for the top tight end in the league. And, and Ebron, honestly. And Ebron. Ebron has skyrocketed. He's probably top five. But I, I'd like to make the case that Zach Ertz is the best tight end in the league. He basically has carried the Eagles offense. Yeah. Almost. Him and now Alshon Jeffrey is getting involved lately. Nelson Aguilar, too. A little bit. But, but it's basically... it's It's been the Zach Ertz show. Yeah. He, like... He broke like the franchise record for like um, receptions, like by a, by an Eagles player, not yeah. even a tight end. And it was like week like twelve or thirteen or something. I remember like texting you and being like, "How the hell did this guy like get like ninety something receptions in like the first like thirteen games?" Yeah, and like, like there's still games. like three games left. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah, that's another very good one. He's been playing great. It's been really, you know, he's always played well. I believe he's made the Pro Bowl before. Like, ever since he got drafted. Yeah. But he's never, like, I really feel like this year his level of play went, like, he just kind of broke the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And he's hit a new level. Like you said, I, I really think he could be argued as the best tight end in the league right now. It makes he, me believe that, like, that 
game-winning touchdown that he had in the Super Bowl was not a fluke. No, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it was a fluke, Michael. As an unbiased, non-Patriots or Eagles fan, I don't think it was well, a fluke. It used, but to, it used to make me mad, but now I'm, I just got to respect it now. Come to terms with it. All right, how about your favorite game of the year, Michael? Game of the year for me, I'm going to say Week 14, Seahawks-Vikings, Monday Night Football. Really? I feel like that game is where the Seahawks woke up and they're and now they are the playoff contenders that they are right now. They're, they're in it now. Mm-hmm. They, they are no longer a joke. They were like, suppo- they were, I think like people were saying that he, they were going to go like four and 12. Yeah. And people did not think the yeah, Seahawks. Here they are now in the play, like in a playoff spot already. They're, they've come into their own. I really like how like their running back core has gotten very involved. That was my cookie last week, but they they are the reason that the Seahawks offense actually is producing now. Yeah, they're I mean they're it's crazy to think about and Pete Carroll just got signed to an extension. Like you said, it's crazy to think this team really everyone thought they were in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. They let go of Richard Sherman, Camp Chancellor retired, they let go of Bruce Irvin. You know, there was the whole thing with Earl Thomas where he held out, then he got that season ending injury. Bobby Wagner's the only defensive starter on that team from their twenty thirteen Super Bowl win. Yeah, and he's shined in that and game. And he's and I mean he's still playing at a high level. You know, this Seahawks team, it's it's kind of crazy how Pete Carroll was able to undergo two full rebuilds with this team, and he has another good team that really has a shot at the playoffs. Like mm. you said, their running game for most of the year was a number one rushing offense in the league just because they had three quality running backs that they could just keep rotating out and they would just rack up yards as well as Russell Wilson is sneaky on the ground as well. So I definitely think that was a good game. And like you said, it was a statement game because it kind of put the Vikings in reality check. I mean, they fired John Filippo what, the next morning? Yeah. And then, you know, the Seahawks, like we said, because for a while, especially on this podcast, I feel like the both of us were kind of like, yeah, the Seahawks are winning games but they were against bad teams like the Packers and the Panthers and the 49ers but then they won that game which everyone thought was you know the Vikings were a good team we're like hold on now like this you know this Seahawks might be legit um so I definitely think that was a good game for me I mean this may be the obvious or the average I I have to go with that Monday night football game against the Chiefs and Rams yeah that that game was I mean spectacular on offense abysmal on defense but i mean you know it was abysmal on defense but also it was very entertaining it was like it think about it there were four sack fumble touchdowns sack fumble return for touchdowns Mm. two from both teams or three three or four doesn't matter like that that barely some teams don't even have one at all this season yeah and that was happening so yeah it was abysmal on defense kind of but i think 28 total points or 21 to 28 total points were scored via defensive side of the ball that game Mm -hmm. it was just a i've said it on social media before that game i i've never really had a football game or any sports game for that matter where i've ever really wanted to be like i want to rewatch the game like i really am looking forward to rewatching the browns versus who or the that game like last week i was sitting at my couch and i was just like wow i would honestly love to rewatch this rams juice yeah it's one of those games that you actually want to watch the highlights from like you you keep going back to it i remember like one game for me like a couple years ago that like odell versus josh norman like game where they just went at it the whole game Mm. that was that was a spectacular performance from both of them for me but i feel like that this game is like that just just on like a two-team level like both teams were just playing really really well yeah like you said i mean it was literally a highlight reel from the first snap or the first kickoff 
to you know the last play of the game the the pick against Mahomes that ended it it was a it was arguably the greatest football game I've seen in a while probably since you know not since the uh, Patriots come back against the Falcons have I seen a game that I was that entertained or in into and are there any moments Michael like key moments this season like for me um some of the biggest moments that I think that happened was when Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's passing record against the Redskins that 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 was was just very cool like really cool to watch and I really think that started to kind of open up eyes to Drew Brees being like a top three top four quarterback of all time yeah like like I really feel like it wasn't until everyone was like, oh my God, he broke Peyton Manning's record. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like I actually got chills from that moment. And I like, I'm not, it's really weird because like, I I mean, I never think of Drew Brees that way, but now I do. (laughs) You, you literally look at him and you're just, and I mean that, I feel like that was also the game that just ignited the saints this season. There's a reason they're the Super Bowl favorites. I feel like that game was it. Like Drew Brees broke that record and he was just like, you know what? Let's win a Super Bowl. Let's just do it, guys. Let, let's do it. Why not? That was before they had Mark Ingram back, too. It was uh, That was a crazy moment for me. I think the other biggest moment I had written down was, um, obviously, as a Browns fan, was when ja, Baker Mayfield came in for an injured Tyrod Taylor and won the game against the Jets Week 3 and gave the Browns their first win in about a year and a half. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a crazy crazy game for me i was literally at buffalo wild wings with a bunch of my buddies and i remember when tyrod taylor came out and i was just like holy shit this is terrible yeah and then and baker I was, comes in and i was just like this is terrible i didn't want baker on that field i wanted him nowhere near i was like he isn't ready he's not this isn't his time and i was so wrong and i literally am baker mayfield's number one groupie now it was it, that I, was. I'm a big Baker fan too. I, I I honestly was shedding tears when they won that game because I forgot what it was like for the Browns to win games. Yeah. And now we're at a point where they're expected to win games because mm-hmm. they're the better team. Yeah. And this is all in the same season, and that was such a crazy moment for me. Yeah, that's that's a great moment. I think like one of the most memorable moments for me this season, also going off of my favorite team, was Brady's 500th passing touchdown. And also when he when he broke a thousand yards rushing, now he can retire. Yeah, now he can. That video, yeah, that, the, the Instagram video was a was a big moment too. When he, when, I love those videos. So if you haven't seen it, there's a video Tom Brady posted after he got a thousand yards rushing, and it was him kind of walking out of his house, like talking about how thankful he is. Yeah, he's like, I finally did it. I finally did I can it. Drive off into the sunset. Yeah, and he gets in his really nice, expensive car, his and he's Aston just like, Martin. yeah, and he's just like, this is it. That's my retirement. And then he's like, psych gotta go to practice he's like just kidding work starts tomorrow yeah and that was it like the most brady video of all time yeah that was a really that was a really good moment i think like a good moment for me too i mean it's this is more of like a more performance thing than like a moment i really like enjoyed amari cooper against the eagles in uh week 14 i believe yeah week 14 he had like 10 catches 217 yards three Mm. touchdowns like he had a career game after just like being traded from Oakland like a couple weeks after it was like he he had that good performance against the um the Redskins on Thanksgiving and then like a week or two later he had like an even better performance Amari Cooper is another player that really benefited from being traded Mm. Um, him and Khalil Mack definitely him and Khalil Mack definitely um I really think also like just kind of looking back there was just a lot of players who have come back from injury 
who have just shined. Like Andrew Luck, like we said, Jalen Smith, like we said, um, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only a little over a year removed from an ACL tear, and he he's in the playoffs. He could have a first round bye. He's really, you know, same he, thing with JJ. He's Watt. on it. He JJ Watt. I mean, both of these Deshaun Watson is about four sacks away from breaking the single season, getting sacked um like most times yeah, he's gotten and he's still makes this texans offense look really good you know demaryius thomas and DeAndre will Hopkins. fuller will demaryius thomas and will fuller both have season-ending injuries mm-hmm. and he's still finding ways to win like i said after only being a year removed of tearing his acl not even the surgery itself so um him like you said jj watt's been playing great after missing two years about two years like andrew luck Eric Berry's finally back yeah, since, for, the um, for the Chiefs since, you know, injuring week one against the Patriots last year. There's just a lot of players who, you know, fell to these really unfortunate injuries these past two seasons and have just, are just back and just playing at such high levels. And it's honestly really exciting to see that they're able to, you know, kind of get back and be there. And I, it's, I'm really happy about it. And it's another thing that's really impressed me this season. Yeah. So other than the Browns. Mm-hmm. What team has surprised you the most this season? What team has surprised me the most? Yeah. Hmm. What or, do you think about or that? like you have seen and is like, wow, like, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by them right now. You know, I really think, I think the Bears are a big team. I agree. That's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Matt Nagy has done wonders for that team. Well, already. it's it's not even just that. I think Khalil Mack has also done wonders. Well, you can't just uh, like label that just on like Khalil Mack. I mean but you got you gotta credit Matt Nagy too because he's gotten guys like Akeem Ayers, Eddie Jackson, Eddie, Kyle Fuller going. He that defense is playing lights out. Because the thing is, and I think that's a big reason why the Bears surprised me this year, is their offense is okay. Yeah. Um Trubisky as weirdly is, as it is Trubisky is give or take. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are kind of obsolete on it. And last year they were their only offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, Trubisky's playing just good enough to win. So I think the Bears definitely shocked me because of how well Matt Nagy has kind of made this defense um, work well. I'm trying to – other teams really um, – another team that really surprised me for the better as well is the Titans, honestly. I really – you know, they're not great, but, you know, the Michael, they're still playing for a six seed. They could be the yeah. six seed. And, and Mike Vrabel like the- is playing a very aggressive style coach – Marcus Mariota, we don't know if he'll be the quarterback next year, but he's playing okay, you know? Yeah. Derrick Henry is finally, after his giant showing against the Jaguars, I guess that was it. That kind of helped him. He's getting his gears going. Derrick Henry's playing great. Their defense has been playing all right. Um, But like I said, it's a very aggressive style of play, and the Titans, I'm very surprised. It's week 17, and they could be in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. How about what teams do you think have surprised you for underperforming this season? Definitely the Jaguars. Jaguars. Jaguars started off the same way that they were last season. They beat the Patriots. That was like their probably biggest win of the season. But really after that, they they fell off. You know, and the, now they 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 just kind of are embarrassing to watch now. Um I I was also very surprised. Leonard Fournette has kind of been abysmal. Against that, but you know, we've talked about the Jaguars and why it's failing a lot, so I can see it, but I I'm surprised the big one for me, honestly, you know, not even the Packers. It's it's not the Vikings, more or less. It's the Giants. Are are I'm very surprised with the Giants underperforming. 
because you know they go out of their way they they recruit Pat Shermer, mm. who is a very a credible offensive-minded coach yeah. to kind of get this gears going. And then they they draft s- Barkley at number two. They make Nate Solder the highest-paid left tackle or tackle ever in league history. They draft um, Will Hernandez in the second round with the 33rd pick. They they go out and do all these things to get what, you know, on paper looks like Eli Manning. Um, you've got Nate Solder and Will Hernandez on the left side. You've got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Yeah, you've Bodell. got OBJ and Sterling Shepard, who's a good wide receiver, mm-hmm. as your wideouts. And you've got Evan Ingram, who's who's coming to terms with his, you know, the role on his team. And you go into the season, I feel like everyone thought this defense or this team's going to be all right. We know their defensive line is pretty good because it's arguably one of the highest paid defensive lines in the league with Olivier Vernon, um, Snacks Harrison, all of them. And it's just they just don't win. They they're all their wins. I feel like they're lucky to have won their games. And especially, like I said, on the offensive side of the ball, it's even more shocking how poorly they've performed. I think that, I mean, a lot of people, including us, thought that the Giants were just going to bounce back this season like it was nothing. And it seemed like it was just a quick fix. But at the same time, I don't think that they still have some work to do. They still have some pieces to put together. They're not as meshed as a unit as we thought they were. Saquon Barkley has done really well this season. He's an offensive rookie of the year candidate or even rookie of the year candidate. But his offense around him is still underperforming. I think there just needs to either be like a new face for the Giants. I think maybe I think Eli is kind of part of it. I do think his time is up. Don't mean to interrupt you and all. Yeah. Um, I, but I also don't think he's the big reason. Yeah, he's not the big biggest reason. I think they just got to learn how to play well together. Yeah, I mean, it's just I also feel like there's just been a lot of drama going around the team. I vividly remember after the Eagles beat the Giants a few weeks ago, you know, the, the same week where it came out in reports that the Eagles had practice squad wide receivers practicing as their cornerbacks because that's how injured they were. And Odell said in the press conference, he's like, I don't know why they didn't throw to me. We know they had wide receivers playing as cornerbacks this week. Why don't you throw to me? And it's just like all this kind of drama is just accumulating. And I really think the team just kind of imploded on itself. I think one of their best showings was when they beat the Bears. Yeah, that was, their, that was their best performance. It was kind of when you're like, this is the team we all expected to see. This should have been what the Giants were all season. And then they kind of just let not everyone down, but they just it just didn't happen. And I don't like I said I also don't think Pat Shermer's the reason for. It. I think, you know, they should definitely keep him as a coach. I just think there's a lot of things that they need to work out and fix next offseason. I agree. Yeah, they they definitely have a lot of work to do. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a very memorable year in football to say the least. A lot of good things have happened. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of bad things off the field that we've seen, but we're not going to really talk about that stuff. And it's not over yet, too. We got one more week to preview. <laughs> We've got one more exciting week to talk about. We've got about, what, three games that actually matter this week? Yeah. <laughs> Give it, or take. Like, last week, like, only two of them didn't matter. And now, like, it's just kind of been inverted. <laughs> and that's usually, obviously, what happens is week 17. So we'll try to make every preview as interesting as possible. With that said, it's going to be uh, probably not as meaningful. Unless if, you know, you're those three games at Sunday Night Football and like two other games. So yeah, yeah, Michael, why don't you start us off with our week 17, the yeah. final regular season preview the of final, the first and 10 show. Yes. For the year, for the year, for final, the year. final preview for the year. Yes. So 
Dolphins Bills. Bills are hosting the Dolphins. The Bills didn't put up a too bad showing against the Patriots last week. I feel like the the only I mean the Patriots their defense was the reason that they won. But Josh Allen that that being said, Josh Allen didn't do too too bad. It was just like those picks that he threw. But yeah. Earlier but Josh Allen, I mean has a good he's he's got a pretty high ceiling for next year josh allen i really think has been the second best rookie this season so far i mean i know there was a he was out for a little bit with injury he hasn't played poorly i he he has he's won quite a few games especially down the stretch recently i think i was reading a stat that he's won three of his last four before the patriots game or whatever mm-hmm like he he's been winning games. I think he definitely fits the Buffalo mold. I think they just need to get pieces around him. And this is also he's been playing how he has been without really Lashawn the Lashawn McCoy we know. Mm-hmm. And you, the I think this is a game the Bills could very easily win with the Dolphins. You know, losing an embarrassing game against the Jaguars last yeah, week. That that that's the reason eliminating they... them from the playoffs and yeah. a, a Dolphins team that they're just. You know, we don't know who's going to be their quarterback heading to next year. The only thing we know about this Dolphins team is apparently Frank Gore is coming back again yeah. for his 19th season or something crazy like that. I don't know, you know, however long he's been in the yeah. league for. That's like the only kind of good news, though, for the Dolphins right now. Like, Ryan Tannehill, his job is not really, I mean, as solidified as it, as it has been. No, and <laughs> he I He could mean... very well just be not with the team next year. Same with Brock Osweiler. You really, this they could have a whole new quarterback room next year. I mean, really, if you're looking at the Dolphins, their bright spots are they had Xavier Howard, um, that rookie, who's been playing really well. I don't know if oh, he made mean, the um, Pro Bowl. You mean Malik Hooker. He's the rookie. No, Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah, Malik Hooker's on the Colts. Colts, and he was a rookie no, no, last year. Yeah, there's, no, Minka Fitzpatrick. Mink, yes, he's Minka the rookie. Fitzpatrick. Yes. Xavier Howard isn't a rookie. No, he, he he was a rookie last, last year. Last year, that's what it was. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. Sorry, Minka Fitzpatrick, the rookie who's been playing. All right. A little um, flub on the first and ten show. Sorry, a little flub here. We 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 just mixed up about four different players. It's all okay. They're all, they're all defensive players. They're all defensive players at the safety and cornerback position. All yeah. all same area, so we're good. We apologize to Minka, any Bills or Dolphins fans. Or here. Colts fans. Or Colts fans. Or Ohio State's fans. Oh. <laughs> or Alabama fans. Yeah, let's any fan of Malik Hooker, Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, where we yeah. apologize. Yeah. But yes, um Minka Fitzpatrick, he's been playing okay for a safety. Like we said, it's a very underrated position, but he hasn't been playing bad. You know, he trademarked Fitzmagic. Yeah. So that was a big thing from the season. And uh Xavier Howard, the second year, has been playing really well. So they have at least that going for them. But yeah, I definitely think this is a game the Bills should win. And I think it'll be good if they can win this game. Because they'll be able to end the regular season this year on a good note, getting ready for next year. Mm-hmm. Kind of, if they can win this game, they can kind of tell themselves, "Listen, we spend off season looking for pieces for Josh Allen." Yeah, their defense isn't terrible. You know, maybe get a fill in a little uh, depth here. As long as they can build pieces around Josh Allen, I think that the Bills team will be all right next year. I'm gonna go with the Bills on this one. I agree. Yeah, the Bills would benefit more yeah. to win this one than the Dolphins. And uh, you know, yeah, going to our next game of the week, who taught you know, kind of talking about teams who would benefit winning this. The Packers definitely, um, they play the Lions, and this is a game that the Packers should definitely try to win because they'll benefit a lot more. The Lions aren't going to get rid of Matt Patricia. I hope they don't. They they there's I haven't read anything. I don't think they will. Um, they're just kind of you know. I think the Lions want to win this game because 
they want, you know, to lead. They have five and ten right now. Win, win a six game. Why not? You know what I mean? Like try yeah. to try to at least help it. Like we've always said, all you know, all first and ten podcasts. This has been kind of like a getting ready year for the Lions because they're kind of getting used to Matt Patricia's culture. Mm-hmm. It's been a complete culture change. Whereas the Packers, they don't have a head coach, and I really think Aaron Rodgers should. He's playing for a reason. He played very well against the Jets last week, coming back and winning in overtime, doing what Aaron Rodgers does. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to win because I think he wants to show all the new head coaching candidates just what they have to offer. I think he wants to remind everyone that Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. So I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers try to ball out a lot this week Mm. to kind of sell himself, which you don't need to if you're Aaron Rodgers. But I just think in, you know, the Packers and the Browns are definitely going to be the hottest head coaching jobs this offseason. But it's just Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't hurt to win another game and be like, listen, like I can win us games. I'm winning us games right now without our head coach. We have an interim head coach. Like come to Green Bay and let's win games together. Although with that being said, to be completely honest, I think the Lions have a better chance to win this game. Unless if Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lions, they're a little bit of a healthier team right now. The Packers have shut a lot of people down. They recently shut down their Pro Bowl D-tackle the other day, like two days ago. So the Packers are shutting people down. They're they're closing up shop for the season. So as much as, like I said, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to try to ball out to sell Green Bay to, you know, those future head coaches, I think the Lions are still going to win this game. Yeah, I'd like to see the Lions win. The Packers, I mean, like like you said, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really need to sell himself because like coaches know who like how he plays. Yeah, I think it's just more of a matter of everyone else selling themselves. Mm. <laughs> like Devontae Parker, I mean not Devontae Parker, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Wow, we don't know any players today, huh? Yeah, Devontae Adams has been probably the only consistent receiver that Aaron Rodgers has had this season. So, if I were a head coach, I that's something I would want to work on immediately. Just get Aaron Rodgers weapons. Weapons. Utilize the players around him. Yeah. Um, because their defense has played well. I don't think it's I think it's mainly they need to get weapons around the offensive side of the ball. And like I said, because of that, I think the the Lions are a healthier team even with Carryon Johnson kind of out. I think Matthew Stafford and them will be able to kind of win out this game. And kind of end the season on a, like I said, another higher note. These teams right now that are all out of the playoffs, really, they, this is still a kind of a big game for a lot of these teams because whether it's they have a rookie head coach or a rookie quarterback, they want to win week 17 because they want to end the season thinking positively. They want to be like, listen, we're winning. We finished the year winning. We're going to start off next year winning. They don't want to lose this game with Matt Patricia go what five and 11 and be like, well, you know, that was a season. I guess we lost to Aaron Rodgers and Joe Philbin with no Aaron Jones and a lot of their defensive starters on IR. Like, what are we going to do next year when, when we have to play Aaron Rodgers with an actual head coach and then they want to win these games so they can at least give themselves some confidence and be like, yeah, we're winning. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the jets are have to do against the Patriots. Exactly. Yeah. So this is kind of a must-win game for the Patriots. This is like they need to win if they want to hold on to that second seed. I think I mean, they need to win, or the Texans need to lose. I think, and I think, considering that the Texans will be playing the Jaguars, I think the Patriots really they can't yeah. afford to lose because I think that it's going to be a win for the Texans. Yeah, we've been saying in the past like 
the Texans, like their last two games against the Eagles and the Jaguars out of those games, I think that, I mean, we, we were saying that the Eagles game was probably going to be the one that they would lose if they were going to drop one. Yeah. But, and that, I mean, the Patriots lucked out and they did lose, but they just need to win to solidify that home field advantage. They have not lost. I'm not home field advantage. Sorry. First round by, and, um, Get a Patriots fan yeah. over here thinking it's always home no, field no, advantage. They can huh? still get home field advantage. It's it, a lot. A lot needs to happen, and it's probably not going to happen. But it's it's still possible. They just need to win in the in what the Chargers the, and the. They Chiefs need to win in the Chargers and the Chiefs both need to lose. It's it's it could happen, but yeah, more simply, the Patriots just need to win to solidify that first round buy. They've not. They've had a first round buy every year since 2010, and now more than ever. They need it. <laughs> yeah. So, but on the flip side, Sam Darnold had a very good game last week. Sam Darnold played very well. Sam Darnold's starting to he come into well his He played very well the last two weeks against yeah. the Texans as well. He's starting to come into his own. I think that this would be a good bl- like thing to build off of if they were to beat the Patriots. Mm. I don't know if it's going to happen because Patriots have been very solid. It's also for, very rough that it's away. I mean, the last two games Sam Darnold played in New York. Like I said, he they hosted the Texans and they hosted the Packers, and Sam Darnold was in it till the end. He he is not the reason they lost those two games. He was playing very well. Um, he re- definitely has built a good chemistry with Robbie Anderson. Yeah. So this Jets team, they have stuff to look forward to next season. It's, Todd Bowles might be out though. We don't know exactly. Uh, we don't know if Todd Bowles will be in or out. That'll definitely be interesting to see. But I, I think you know Sam Darnold. I definitely think they can keep it interesting for the Patriots, mm. given how poorly the Patriots defense has played all season. Yeah, exactly. I I think that the Patriots will take this game, but, I mean, the Jets won't go down without a fight. Yeah. It's not going to be a blowout like the Patriots are used to doing when the Jets come into town, and yeah. I, I think that's for sure. Um, going on to another first-round by team right now, the Panthers are hosting the Saints after... <laughs> yeah, you said that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. First-round yeah. by. First-round yeah. by, Michael. I'm, I'm not thinking today. Michael, Michael's out of it, folks. He's he's over here... Uh, I'm still in, like, La La Land, like, the holiday spirit. Yeah, Mike, Michael's still thinking about all those mistletoes and Christmas cookies and everything that he was doing yesterday. He's not thinking football, folks. we got to yeah, wake him up. i got to wake up. But the uh, Panthers are going to New Orleans after they had just played on Monday night, I believe. Yes, 13 days ago. So they have literally just played in due to probably the worst scheduling I've ever seen as an NFL fan because I don't know why they would ever set up these teams to play 13 days apart. Regardless, they're playing each other. The Panthers are now down to their third-string quarterback, Kyle Allen, like we said with Taylor Henneke being put on IR. New Orleans isn't resting any of their starters, though. Um, Sean Payton is a big believer of not doing that. He doesn't want their players to kind of get tired, especially knowing they clinched home field. Saints will get a bye next week anyways. Yeah. So he doesn't want to rest starters for two straight weeks because we've seen in the past what that does. Mm. We know a lot of teams get rusty in those two weeks. They honestly lose a lot of the chemistry in those two weeks sitting out. So he's not doing it. He's going to have the Saints go full throttle against Kyle Allen's Panthers, who, you know, kind of like all these other teams, the Panthers have just shut everything down. We don't know if Ron Rivera is safe. We're going to have to wait till Monday. I, I don't think he is. As much as I don't think Ron Rivera is a bad coach, and honestly, I could see him um, signing with a new team next season if he is fired. It's just, a, you know, the NFL is a I don't know, performance production business. Like, you have yeah, to win. It's if like you results. Don't, results yeah, that's it. It's a result-driven industry, and they're not resulting – whether that's Ron Rivera's fault or not, 
So I think if they lose in this kind of fallen season, which is crazy to think about, because this Panthers team was 6-2. and two. They were in the fight for the first seed. And, and then they just fell apart. They just fell apart. I So I don't think you know there's any way they beat New Orleans. I think New Orleans is going to try to hit the gas as much as possible because yeah. they want to gas themselves up. They want to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, you know? so I, I, I think the, the Saints will just take an early lead. Yeah. I think like just pull Drew Brees out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, just let, let it, Teddy let Bridgewater finish it out. Yeah. I completely agree. There, there really isn't much to going for this game. I Not think really. it's the Saints an easy win, and I think they get a nice week off before they have to play somebody. Yeah. Unlike the Texans who need to win and hope the Patriots lose to get that week off. Yeah, the Texans need to win, and the Patriots need to lose, like Cage just said, to regain that second seed. They're playing the Jaguars, who, I mean, it's as much of a softball pitch that they'll get this late in the season for a, a win. So I think that the Texans will win this one. Blake Bortles also was announced this morning to be the yeah, starter. Yeah, Blake Bortles is coming back, but still, his job in Jacksonville is not given. He could very well just be out next He season. most likely will be out. There's been yeah. a lot of reports that he's going to be out. Same with Doug Marone. Like kind of with the Panthers, almost like a lost season, like we said. They, they were arguably a couple plays away from being in the Super Bowl last year. Now they're a laughing stock for the season, and it's in Houston. So it, it'll be really tough for the Jaguars to pull off an upset like this. Yeah. Really, the only way I could see is maybe if this Demarius Thomas injury hinders the Texans' offense as much as, I, as it, it could. But I don't think so, only because I think regardless of if the Texans – offense stales their defense is just gonna dominate this jaguars offense yeah uh, cody not cody kessler i apologize blake bortles since he was just named starter is gonna have no answer for Clowney, watt and merciless none no. none no answer to them yeah he's not gonna throw who's he gonna throw to who has nobody to throw to yeah and he could just pitch it out to i mean he could just do a check down to like Leonard Fournette, Fournette but at the same Carlos time, maybe that's not going to really help. Yeah, so I really think this is another game the Texans should easily win, kind of like the Saints. Mm. And you know they ha- they know they have to win. Like we said, they need to win this game to make sure that there's any chance to get the two seed. Obviously, the Patriots still do need to lose, but they if they if the Texans lose, they're not getting the two seed no matter what. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's a big game for that. Unlike um this next one, we have the Cowboys going to the Giants. I was kind of talking to Michael about this game. This game really, it it has nothing. There's no meaning for either teams. The Giants' season is over. They're done. Um, and the Cowboys, they're stuck in the four seed. Mm. Win or lose this game, they're in the four seed. It, do, it doesn't matter. They're yeah. literally the four seed no matter what. Whether they get blown out by the Giants or they blow out the Giants, it goes into overtime, they tie. They are the four seed in the playoffs. So the Cowboys, I feel like know this and i mean i could see jason garrett maybe resting some players i don't think they will though i think if they're going to rest anyone it's going to be zeke may yeah but i don't think they necessarily will because i think the cowboys learned from their mistake two years ago when they were the hottest team in the nfc what they were like the second seed or something um that you know zeke and dax rookie year and they rested everybody week 17 and then when they the packers came to town in the divisional round their team just got stomped on. 
Yeah. So I don't think they're going to rest many players, um, if any. And if they do, it might be if they're winning the game and blowing them out, kind of like the Saints. Yeah, it's not like they're going to give Zeke a healthy scratch or anything. With, I, they're, they'll probably pull him out second half. Yeah, with that being said, OBJ might play this game. There's reports he's finally practicing. To be honest, I don't think he should play because what's the point? There is the, no point. The Giants aren't playing for anything. They're playing like it doesn't matter. Why just let Odell sit it out? There's no reason. Let him sit it out. Let him get healthier again. Their season's over. I like. I think it's kind of crazy that the Giants are even saying they might have Odell play. Who can, like why? Why risk an injury again? There's no reason to. There's I mean, his actions have already dictated to everyone wh- who, who what his season has been like. Yeah, he he's just been clashing with Pat Shermer. He could very well be traded at some point he honestly could it, it will really be interesting to see what the front office does because they could honestly go through a whole new rebuild um right okay. now as far as the draft order goes the giants i believe is the fifth pick and if you look through the draft they are the first team um that really needs a quarterback the first four teams being like the cardinals the raiders um the niners maybe the niners and the jets Something and, like that. And yeah, so it, I don't know if it's exactly that order. I know the Cardinals are the first pick, but regardless, those four teams don't need quarterbacks. So the Giants are in prime position at pick five to still get a quarterback. So you could see them go through a whole rebuild. I don't know if they'll necessarily trade Odell just because of the monster contract they gave him in the offseason. It'll be tough to kind of have a team take that. But like I said, I don't think they should start him. And I think even with the Cowboys knowing this game means nothing, I think they're still going to win. Just the Giants just are a shell of a team right now. They have no identity. It, it, it'll be, it could be close because it's the Cowboys. You don't know. I feel like the Cowboys are this weird team where games are close when they shouldn't be. But I think the Cowboys will still in this game. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, this next game has like another team that's a shell of what they used to be. The Falcons. The Falcons have, pro- going into the season, I thought they had the best wide receiving core. They have Julio Jones, Mo Sanu, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And um, though Calvin Ridley did well in his rookie year, even also, the Falcons just didn't. Also, they're, they're definitely going to go a new offensive coordinator approach. Mm. I feel like they're just, they've been lost since they lost Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan is a crazy offensive, offensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. I feel like their team is just, you know, the Falcons have been plagued with injuries like the Bucks on the defensive side of the ball both seasons. Uh, all season, both teams lost a ton of defensive starters this season. But, like, also the Falcons lost, you know, uh, Ito Smith, Devonta Freeman. Um, I think Mo Sanu's injured too, right? Or at least I haven't seen him produce anything this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Calvin Ridley's had an all right season. But their Falcons, this team should be putting up points all the time, especially with Matt Ryan and Julio. And Julio didn't even get a touchdown until, like, week six or something. Yeah, and it was, like, his first in, like, a long, long time. Yeah, and this Bucks team is, you know, about seven days away from just completely re- imploding. Yeah. I, I doubt Dirk Cutter stays. I, I doubt Jameis Winston stays. Exactly. You know, I can honestly see, you know, Deshaun Jackson wants to leave. Th- this team is going to be a- a completely inside out next week, and it's just the inevitable. Um, They're basically going to have Mike Evans, and that's it. So I really don't even know who could win this game. I, I guess the Falcons could. I really think it's whatever team can put up any points. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I feel like it's going to be really low scoring. I, I think James Winston, if he's smart, is going to try to play as well as he can to kind of audition for other teams. Um, He should really try to do that, but I, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be whatever team kind of puts up 
the most like as you know whoever can put up points i should say yeah i'll take i'll take the bucks in this game just because <sighs> Jameis has more to prove than matt ryan obviously i mean i know matt ryan is definitely very frustrated from this season yeah but he he he, he knows next season will be different yeah i guess i'll take the bucks too this next game we have up um folks the raiders are at the chiefs it's kind of there's playoff implications but it's against the Raiders. The Raiders did play well, like we said earlier in the podcast. They could play with a chip on their shoulder. They, they're you playing. Never with, you never know. This might be a trap game. Although, you know, the Chiefs lost back-to-back gruesome losses against the Chargers, divisional opponent, and then in Seattle. You know, really tough losses. Their defense just wasn't playing well. I can't imagine the Chiefs losing three in a row. I really don't, especially against this Raiders team. The Raiders beat a bad Broncos team. You know, they they beat the Steelers a few weeks before that, but I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to go into Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play, and beat the Chiefs. You know, the Chargers bit, did it with four seconds left, and that Chargers team is a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't think the Raiders, who are the second worst team in the league right now, standing-wise, is going to be able to go in there and beat this team where, you know, they need to win to clinch the home field advantage. I think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think... The, you know, last time they played a few weeks ago, it was an all right game. Patrick Mahomes didn't play the best, but I think with it being in Arrowhead, it's going to be completely different. There's too much on the line for the Chiefs in this game. To lose, 100%. Yeah, they, Andy Reid is they, too good of a coach. All they have to do is win, and the playoffs will go through Arrowhead. Arrowhead. That's mm-hmm. a huge, 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 huge thing to have. Yeah, there, there's... And if they, if they drop it, then the Chargers take it. And if the, <laughs> they drop it and the Chargers drop it, the Patriots or the Texans take it. Yeah, like so, the playoffs go through New England, and you never or want Houston. That. Yeah, or, yeah. I think being going through New England is like the worst case scenario for yeah. the Chiefs. I, I think on this... the flip side, the worst case scenario for the Patriots is to go through Arrowhead. Right. Yeah, so and the... that's like their only like one of their only true threats right now because like the Patriots beat them earlier this year. Well, you know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are calling up John Gruden and begging him to win this game. But uh <laughs> John Gruden's a fan of the first and 10 John, podcast. John <laughs> Gruden a fan of the podcast. We'll we'll hook you up Bill and Tom, don't worry. But yeah, it's going to be really tough. I like I said, I think Andy Reid is too good of a coach and Patrick Mahomes is too good of a quarterback to go into this game and not have a fire under their ass and be like, we need to put up 300 against this team because we need the playoffs to go through Arrowhead. And Mm -hmm. I think because of that, I think the Chiefs are going to pretty confidently win, kind of like the Seahawks are going to do to the Cardinals as well. Yeah, the Seahawks, um, like the Cowboys, they're just locked in the fifth seed. If they lose, nothing happens. If they win, nothing happens. So this is one of those games where they can just kind of like sit back, relax, just get ready for the playoffs. They yeah. they really need to be ready because they won't have home field to bail them out. Nope, they're gonna have to travel, and uh, you know they've they've proven they can win on the road this season. Yeah, but, but their, their biggest wins were at home. They beat the ooh. Chiefs last week at home. They beat the Vikings a couple at weeks home, ago the Packers. at home. Yeah. Before the Packers season was really lost. Yeah, the twelfth man has um, helped them a lot. And honestly, I hate. I hate to say it, the Cardinals are they they're a loss away from the first round pick, and not to say teams tank, but it's it's going to be tough for them to realize that and just be like, let's get the second pick. Yeah, like there's a very good chance this team just is like, all right, this, their season's done. We know the Cardinals. A lot of players on that team are really trying to fight to keep Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. on the on the team steve Wilkes should stay and i think yeah i agree i think he should stay but it, i don't think this team i think this team has basically accepted the first round pick in the draft yeah 
Hopefully so. Larry Fitzgerald will stick around again. This might be his last hurrah. Yeah, I think I think it'll be his last hurrah, even though he wants Steve Wilkes to stay. I just feel like he's at that point where why stay on a team that has a two to three year rebuild when he's only got one to two years left? Exactly. There's really, you know, and he doesn't want to go on another team. He wants to have only played on the Cardinals. So, you know, there's the argument of him going to like a Patriots or, you know, a team of the Saints to kind of get a ring is kind of it's not going to happen. So I, I really think the Seahawks win this game. I think Larry Fitzgerald might be this last hurrah. And uh, we're going to move on to 2019 with uh, the Cardinals being on Arizona being on the clock is my yeah. prediction. Going, uh, though, another, you know, team that kind of needs to light their fire under their ass, like the Chiefs, and following with uh, my favorite game, the Rams, who after that game, kind of like the Chiefs, kind of almost pumped the brakes a little bit. It seemed like ever since that Monday night game, the Rams slowed down a lot. And I don't know if it was intentional or, or whatnot because they won the division that game. But last week, they kind of started to get a little more into gear, even with Todd Gurley out, and they beat the Cardinals in Arizona. And, you know, they have another very favorable matchup this week in L.A. against the Rams. And not the Rams. They are the Rams against the 49ers. <laughs> and even though they kind of blew away the home field advantage, and I really do think it was their fault, it was theirs to lose going yeah. into the season 100%. Now the bye is theirs to lose. Now the bye is theirs to lose. Because the thing is, you know, Sean McVay, like Andy Reid, you know, Jared Goff, like Patrick Mahomes, are great quarterbacks and coaches, and they realize they need to win this game because they can lose their first-round bye. If yeah. they lose this game and the Bears win a very, you know, f- favorable matchup for them against the Vikings, the Bears will have the two-seed because the Bears beat the Rams. So the Rams need to win this game to get the second seed and to be able to get rest for their players, but also Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley still isn't really practicing. And, you know, they're going to need him in the playoffs. So they're going to need that extra week of letting Todd Gurley rest to be able to play. So I really think the Rams are going to come into this game and just be like, we're going to put up 400 against Dick Mullins and we're going to get that second seed and we're going to be able to take a deep breath and be like, let's get ready for the divisional round. I don't see Nick Mullins, who hasn't been playing poorly. Honestly, Nick, Mullins Mania. Mullins Mania. You know I'm Nick Mullins' number one fan. I think I'm more of a Nick Mullins fan than Nick Mullins' mom, honestly. <laughs> uh, hey, you know I am. And I, I don't think he's going to be able to win this game. I think the Rams are just going to have too much to play for going into it. I, I agree. And, I mean, another team that kind of like the Rams and Chiefs need to win this. I mean, their implications aren't as big as that those but the chargers do need to beat the broncos this week if the chargers win and for some reason the chiefs drop their game the chargers go from what the fifth seed to the first seed the fifth seed to the first seed. yeah they go from a wild card team to having a first round by and hosting for the rest of the there honestly is a lot of teams that are like on the brink of that first round by i feel like that doesn't normally happen yeah. Quite frequently in week 17, all the four, the four teams that get buys are all set in stone. The AFC is very close this year. But, yeah, the Chargers are playing in Denver. This could very well be a trap game. I don't know. Probably not. It, it, it'll be it, Denver. You know, they play tough in Denver. They just they want to put on one more good performance. The Broncos beat Joseph. the Chargers last time in L.A. And, I mean, the thing is the Broncos do play well against the Chargers. Yeah, the Bron- the Broncos play the Chargers tough. Philip Rivers, um, career wise, has been known to struggle against Denver, so it'll definitely be a tough game to watch. Although you know the Chargers lost a, r- a brutal one against 
the Ravens. One that if they won, they'd be the first seed right now. Yeah. And this this whole script would be flipped right now. But they lost it, and now they're really fighting to kind of still have a chance. Kind of like how the Texans are still fighting for that bye. So I really think the Chargers are going to be playing well. I think Melvin Gordon's going to be a, two weeks back from coming back. You know, he's going to be a lot more healthier. Austin Eckler might play. I think the Chargers are going to win this team game, especially with Phil Lindsay out. Yeah. Because now the Broncos have no running game. Yeah, they just have Case Keenum to run the show, and he did not do well yeah. in Oakland. So, you know, this is a team that's still playing for a first-round bye, kind of like the Rams, kind of like the Chiefs, and kind of like the Bears, who are um playing the Vikings this week, kind of like I forementioned with the uh, Rams and 49ers game. The Bears could very much get a first-round bye, Michael. Yeah, but at the same time, the Vikings, they win and they're in. The Vikings win and they're in, yes. And the uh, Bear, but the Bears, they win and the Rams somehow lose, and the Bears have the second seed. Yeah, uh, this is this is probably my my game of the week. So just because it's it, it's the only one that like has both teams with playoff implications, other than the Colts and the Titans yeah, on Sunday night. The, you know, but I feel like this will be the closest game and probably the best. It, it's going to be both teams have a lot to fight for because. You know, the Vikings, they need to win to be in. Like you said, if they lose and the Eagles beat the Redskins, the Eagles are the sixth seed. So the Vikings have to win this game. But the Bears are going to want to win too because the Bears are going to want that chance, even though they've won the division, to get a sec- a first round bye. So you know they're going to be going all out. Mm-hmm. The Bears won the last time they played um, in Chicago 25-20 to earlier this season. And I was actually looking up, and the last time the Bears even swept the Vikings was in 2011, Michael. Do you know who the quarterbacks in that matchups were? Was it like Christian Ponder? It was, and... uh, yeah, Jay Cutler and Christian Ponder. Oh, boy. Jay Cutler swept the Christian Ponder Vikings in their two games in 2011, and the Bears haven't won both the games since then. And I, I think this is the game. I, I really think the Vikings missed the playoffs. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I think the Eagles are the hotter team right now, but I think when it comes down to this matchup, the Bears could easily just lock the Vikings out of this. Yeah, I, I really think the Bears can send the Vikings out of this divisional rival so you know it's going to be a heated game. And I, I really think the Bears are going to go into this fighting for that chance at a second round, uh, or uh, the second seed, but also the chance to knock their divisional opponent out of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they don't want... Because the thing is, if if the Vikings win this game, do you know who they play in the wild card round, do they play the Bears? Oh yeah, they play the Bears. So if the Vikings win, it'll be Vikings Bears back to back. Yeah, if they will play each other. If the Bears lose this one, they're not losing the next one. <laughs> it will. Yeah, it'll be in Chicago. But yeah. this is this is exactly what happened in 2012 with the the vikings and the packers if you remember the year adrian peterson was eight yards shy of breaking the record Mm -hmm. the vikings beat the packers week 17 in minnesota and then they went to green bay to play the packers in the wild card round of the playoffs yeah and then got um, smacked then blair walsh was that the game where blair walsh like missed that game winning field? no that was against the seahawks that was in 2014 2015 yeah, no, no, no worries. You know, Michael, you're a little off today. We get it. Yeah, little, little. Michael, today. Michael's, Michael's a little bit off with his facts and knowledge. But yeah, so I mean, God, I don't want that to happen. So I'm really rooting for the Bears. Nothing against Vikings. I have a lot of Vikings fans or friends that are fans. But just watching two weeks in a row of Bears Vikings, that just sounds like a lot. Like no team should. Have, also, no team should have to play back to back weeks. Yeah. Like, what do you do the second week? You game plan the team you just played. 
by yeah. watching film of you. I it's just I don't think I don't know. I think the Bears are gonna win this game, Michael. Tell me about the Browns and Ravens. So the Ravens need to win this. They do. They need to win this because if they win and I mean, well, all they have to do is win and then they win the AFC North. Mm. And though I love the Browns. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're out of the playoffs. They're feeling I, I dangerous really, though. I really think that they could easily make the playoffs next year mm-hmm. but the ravens got to win this one they do lamar jackson is i mean at the helm right now and who would have thought that the considering the way that the ravens started out this year that now they're in week 17 lamar jackson is pl- starting over joe flacco instead of just coming in every other play and yeah they need to win to clinch the division over pittsburgh i mean you know I agree with what you're saying. I get with what you're saying, but the Ravens have, you know, their success has been their defense has been playing lights out very well. They're also, you know, they're, they changed their offense from this Joe Flacco passing attack with no run game to like a 1940s football offense where they run 95% of the time, whether with their like running back, like committee or with Lamar Jackson, you, you watch plays against the chargers where it's a designed, like, not even read option, but just designed quarterback run. And Lamar Jackson is, like, weaving in and out underneath players, or Chargers defenders. So they have a very good offensive style going. But, like, I think the Browns, and this isn't even the Browns fan in me, I really think that they're just playing. I mean, Greg Williams said it best after their game against the Bengals is they have a playoff game next week. They're out of the playoffs, but this is the playoff game to the Browns. Yeah. They have the chance to go over 500 since 2007. And just after they went 0-16. Just after they went 0-16. Greg Williams knows if he wins this game, his job as a head coach for that team is almost guaranteed. If he can bring this team from 0-16 to first winning record since over 500, the Browns, I think, have just as much to play for for the Ravens. And also the Browns beat the Ravens earlier this season. Yeah, this would be one of those huge pride wins. This is probably the biggest, I mean, team that, like, if they were to win, it would benefit them the most. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, this game was moved from a 1 p.m. game to Tony Romo's game. Well, that you know, it's just, this is CBS is saying this is their spotlight game of the week. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a big game because both teams, even though the Browns are, like you said, they're out of the playoffs, this game has, like, playoff-like feelings for Cleveland with how big it is if they can win this game. Yeah. I. That being said, though, I mean, though I'd like them to win, I just... I'd just rather see the Ravens. Well, that's just the Patriots fan in you. And as the Browns fan in me, I'd rather see the Browns win this game. So I'm going to, you know, digress before we start talking about how the Browns are going to smack the Ravens and you'd rather see the Ravens play the Patriots and the Steelers. And I'm going to talk about the Eagles and the Redskins, Michael. Alrighty. Uh, Like we kind of said with the Vikings and Bears, kind of like this (laughs) NFC, I just feel like I'm just going down the NFC playoff list right now. The, uh, the Eagles host the Redskins, Josh Johnson's Redskins. The Eagles need to win this game and hope Minnesota the Vikings loses. loses to be the sixth seed. Um, Nick Foles, we're big fans of Nick Foles here. And uh, Nick Foles, we've said before, is kind of like a different animal week 15 onward. So we know Nick Foles is going to play well. You know, I think the Eagles offense is going to play well. And I really think this Redskins team, it's just... A mess. Teams are fighting with the head coaching staff. You know, they they cut DJ Swearinger, a Pro Bowl talent safety, mm-hmm. days ago because he called out the team for how poorly it's being run. Yeah, that's just literally bullshit. they cut a Pro Bowl safety days 
after he was saying how the team is just being poorly run. Well, we forgot to mention how he's a Cardinal now. We, he's we a Cardinal, yeah. We didn't, we didn't mention, mention that, that. But the, you know, the Cardinals picked up DJ Swearinger. So this, this Redskins organization is just a mess. Josh Johnson, no offense to him, he's playing like everyone would expect Josh Johnson to play. Yeah. He's like, all right. I don't even know how that Titans game honestly was as close as it was. I, I really don't know how the Titans, you know, won by a few with, you know, seconds left. Yeah, it was the score was higher, but that was because they got a walk-off pick six after the Titans had, like, a two-point lead. Mm. So, like, it, it really wasn't as high as you think it was. I don't know how he's kept it that close. I think it's because the Titans are just an odd team this year. So, I don't think the Eagles lose this game knowing that they need to win to have a chance at the sixth seed. I think the Eagles are going to very easily win this game. I think Josh Johnson's three yard three game stint in the NFL was nice, yeah. and he'll uh, he'll after this game he'll hang it up and go back to like the Arena Football League or wherever he was before Maybe the Canadian like the, Football League. What about like the new alliance of like American football or whatever? Yeah, the AAFL, right? Yeah. AAF- isn't it, actually isn't he on a team in there? Oh yeah, that's right. He is. He got drafted. Yeah. Yeah. So never mind. Never, yeah, he's gonna hang it up after this game this and go just, straight this to is the. This is just spring training for him. Yeah, this, this is a, this is training camp for Josh Johnson. He's yeah. warming up for the real, Dude, the big he's show. Gonna, he's gonna be MVP of the AAFL. He's gonna go into that room. He's gonna be like, guys, listen. I get to play three <laughs> NFL games earlier, and everyone's gonna like bow down to this dude like he's a god. <laughs> Even though he'll probably go one and two in that in those uh in that stretch. I think the Eagles are going to pretty dominantly win this game. Like I said, Nick Foles is apparently the Eagles' savior from Week 15 to the Super Bowl. I I agree. And moving on to th- this is probably a very interesting game. Very. Yeah, Steelers Bengals. And how much does it suck for the Steelers to be the division leaders last week? to now out of the playoff picture this week just because they lost to New Orleans. They lost to New Orleans on, one, a shitty defensive pass. I hate the Steelers, but that Joe Hayden defensive pass interference call that was, was yeah. one of the worst calls I've ever seen. It was really bad. And like, then they were in field goal range to go into overtime, and Juju made fumbled the ball. Yeah. They, they just... shot themselves. The refs shot them in the foot, and then Juju shot them in the foot again. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Well, if they win... And the Ravens lose. They're back in. They're it. back in. They it. win the AFC North. Although, do you know who you know kept the Ravens out of the playoffs last year? The Bengals. The Bengals. In Week Seventeen. In Week Seventeen. And although this is a very different Bengals team. Yeah, this is Jeff Driscoll's his, Bengals. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll and Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, you know, since he might do it, they might do it again. Y- y- you never know. I'd they, like to see him. History repeats like itself, it Michael. Happen. So. I don't, I mean, realistically, the Steelers in Pittsburgh have all the advantages in the world. Jeff Driscoll just is not that, you know, if he has time in the pocket, he's been making good throws to these nobody wide receivers and tight ends. But the Steelers team, I I feel like if they lose this game, I really think they need to have a hard look at their coaching staff. I agree. If they can, if they lose this game to the Bengals, I think they really need to look at Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff as a whole. And I think Ben Roethlisberger might call it quits. Yeah. If they get kept out of the playoffs. I think Big Ben was probably going to call it quits anyway this year. But at the same time, like, who's going to take over? Josh Josh Dobbs, I think, is it? Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. And... Oh, you got a name right this episode. Yeah. I, well, it it I, only I... took hour and 15 minute mark, but Michael has finally correctly said yeah. an NFL player. Well, Josh Dobbs, I remember him because he, he played my Florida Gators. Oh, okay. And because he was at Tennessee. And, yeah. 
And he, he, he has not looked so hot so far in the NFL. <laughs> no, I mean, he's had very limited, yeah, very limited playing time. I'm sure if he trains all offseason, he could look good next year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, still, it's not a given that Big Ben's going to hang it out. It's it's it, really not a given. It's yeah. a probable, but not a given. I mean, he said it for, like, the past seven years. He's like, I'm retiring. Yeah. And then everyone's like, so are you retiring? And it's, like, July, and he's like, nah, I'll be at training camp. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with, like, Marvin Lewis. He's just like, hey, Marvin Lewis, are you going to get fired yet? And he's like... Yeah, probably. And then the Bengals are like, psych, here's a contract, contract extension. extension. Which I'm sure we'll be seeing on Monday when all these coaches are fired. I'm sure we'll see Marvin Lewis get like another four-year extension or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals could shock the world and beat the Steelers. Really knock them out of the playoffs. It'd be interesting to see. It would be interesting, but I think the Steelers have the upper hand. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have a fire under their ass like these other teams because the Steelers are just so undisciplined. I mean, they lead the league in penalties. So I really don't think they're going to be like, we need to win this game. But I think they're just a better team. And I really think that they're going to just outplay the Bengals unless if Jeff Driscoll pulls off a Cincinnati miracle. Yeah. Look, I've actually been holding on to this story for a while. Okay. Um, Jeff Driscoll, mm-hmm. when he was back at Florida, my um aunt and uncle lived down in Gainesville, Florida. I think you told the story. I told it to you. Are you sure you didn't tell it to I the first time? Didn't, I didn't tell it. I didn't tell it on... On, on air, I don't think. I think you did, but all right, we'll let, we'll let you tell anyway, it again. So, my grandmother went down to Florida. Mm-hmm. This is like at the time Jeff, Jeff Driscoll was in, um, was starting. In I really Florida. think you told the story, Michael. I told it to you. Because I remember saying, Grandma Clement, the one that makes the cookies. Yeah. And you said, Yeah, that grandma. Let me just tell the story, Cage. All right, yeah, tell anyway, the story again. No so worries. My grandma went to, down to Florida to visit my aunt and uncle, and they were at some buffet thing i think as i've been told and jeff driscoll was there because it was in gainesville and she went up to jeff driscoll and basically treated him like me he was like oh little baby and all that shit and yeah and since then jeff driscoll kind of fell off the face of the earth he was like he was rolling on the gators and then after that happened he like just dropped the ball he he just kind of sucked for the rest of the year the gators like got shellacked in their bowl game and now here he is in Cincinnati. <laughs> Your grandma is the reason for Jeff Driscoll's career to plummet. Yeah. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So I am directly linked to Jeff Driscoll's downfall. To Jeff Driscoll's downfall. You two are one and the same. He'll probably write you a very strongly worded letter, yeah. I would assume. But enough about Jeff Driscoll. This isn't the Jeff Driscoll show, and we spent way too much time talking about Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Let's talk about the one game this week that means anything. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually of... Very excitement, and that's Sunday Night Football, the Colton Titans. Every year, they always make the Week 17 Sunday Night Football game the one that really has the most matter to it. And that's the Colts going to Tennessee, where whatever team wins is the sixth seed, no matter what. Whoever wins this game is the sixth seed, other one's seven. Win Winning you're in, as the NFL likes to say. So the Colts are heading down to Tennessee. Luck is really playing at an MVP level, like we kind of said earlier when we were reminiscing. But Tennessee is finding ways to win the game. They're winning games that, you know, you don't expect them to win. And they're winning on very aggressive play styling. They've had some good wins under this under their belt this season. Although I will say Tennessee's one kind of Achilles heel is Luck is 10-0 in his whole career against them. Yeah. He's not lost a game against He's Tennessee. He's tied with um, Elway, I think. Elway was 10-0 most... against the Pats. Yeah. So, yeah. Luck it just is loves to play Tennessee. And he's 10-0, so he he's fine playing Tennessee in Tennessee. So I really think that's the biggest thing going against the Titans. And even though that may seem like some crazy, you know, 
that's just a record. That means nothing. Like, for him to win five seasons of playing Tennessee, you know, sweeping them for five seasons, that's that's a big thing. Like, clearly, going to Tennessee is not a big deal for Luck. And I think this is the best team Luck has ever had. Yeah. Uh, arguably the best team he's ever had or around him. Yeah. So I think if he could win on those shitty other teams, I think he should be able to win this game. Um, because of that, he already beat Tennessee earlier this week, earlier this season, in the dominating game, the one that we saw Blaine Gabbert come in halfway through when, you know, Mariota kind of injured himself. Mm-hmm. So I really don't, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee, they might have be a fighting chance because they want to be in the playoffs, but I just think the Colts win this game. I, I agree. I'd like to see the Colts in the playoffs. Me too. I, I think it'd be interesting because even though we've seen them in the playoffs before, I, I don't think they've been in it since 2014, since the deflate gate whole scandal. Mm. I, I Like I said, I think this is the best Colts team Andrew Luck has had, and I really think I would like to see them with a shot in the playoffs. I, I really would too. I think it'd be cool. Um, They'd play either the Texans or the Patriots week one uh, wild card round, which would definitely be a very good game. So I, I would like to see this Colts team more than the Titans because I think the Colts would have more to offer. Yeah, yeah, my thoughts is exactly. All right, Michael, is it is it time to close the book on our game previews of 2018? Yeah, yeah, and I think we should have a celebratory cookie. You know, uh, we got a lot of leftovers from yesterday. A lot of leftovers. A lot from of leftover yesterday. cookies. I think yeah, uh, which, one which, last cookie for the year. Yeah, which one? Which one would you like, Cage? Oh, uh, if I'm picking, I mean, I'm looking. We got a big dish of our grandma's cookies right here for the rest of the year. Actually, my mom made all the Christmas cookies for my well, family, but we're gonna. We're, for, but for but for this this sake, for the continuity for of the, the con- show, for the continuity of the show, I'm just gonna say my grandma made. <laughs> so we've got a big plate of our grandma's cookies <laughs> grandma <laughs> grandma's cookies and uh, i'm picking i'm picking that one that kind of looks like sam darnold over there in the corner yeah that, gonna, that one oddly does look like sam darnold uh, it really it's weird your grandma just has a knack of making cookies in the shape of people's faces yeah like like last week when she, she had those weird antonio brown lego hair cookies it yeah was, it i was think crazy. she really missed her calling like maybe she could like be like a professional she, she should call buddy from cake boss yeah kind of you know go to carlos's bakery and just really uh, light it up in the co- in the NFL player face cookie base. Yeah, but we're not talking about you know how cookies are made. We're talking you know, about the cookie the, itself, the, the man himself, yeah, the man himself, Sam Darnold. That cookie is lo- looking like Sam Darnold, and uh, I'm really excited to see Sam Darnold play this week. Like I said, even though they've lost the past few weeks, he's been playing really well, and it'll be really interesting to kind of see him play against his Patriots team away on the road, kind of close out the season, try to give hope to Jets fans. You know, Sam Darnold put up monstrous numbers last week, even though they lost. Like 200, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Sam Darnold played great. And I'm really excited to play, see him play again this week. I think he's going to put on a good show. And like I said, I think the Patriots still win, but I think he's going to be the reason it's close. I Yeah, that, that seems like a good cookie. Um, what about you? I've got a nice yeah, hot you, plate. You, Let's you, see. You what, see that one, like, kind of right next to Darnold? The, the, the one. The, it's also a rookie one. It's, um... It's uh that kind of looks like Lamar Jackson. You know that does. It I think kinda, I'm gonna take like, that one. Did because... our grandmas just make rookie quarterback cookies? I don't know. Is that because I'm starting to see a Josh Allen one in the corner? Maybe, maybe they have like a cookie cutter. Maybe like a cookie cutter. Yeah, of like the rookie but draft class. I think I like Lamar Jackson this week because I mean, he's he's probably going to be the only rookie quarterback from this draft class that's going to be on the playoffs. If he makes the playoffs, he'll if be he yeah, he'll playoffs. be the only rookie quarterback in yeah. the playoffs. I think he's something special. Mm-hmm. I think that he has done wonders for Baltimore. He has a bright future there. 
And I really appreciate how Joe Flacco and RG3 have been helping They have been him. very good mentors They've for him. They've been very good mentors They've been for him. class acts about it. Um, there's been no hostility. They've been they've been helping him win the game because honestly, they care about winning more. I mean, than playing. You know, maybe I'm sure they want to play, but if they realize they're not going to be playing. Yeah. So they've been helping him a lot. Definitely, there's been a lot of sound clips going around of them kind of helping him during game or whatnot. I I think that's a nice looking cookie. Yeah, but back to Lamar. Back so, to Lamar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that he has a bright future, and I think that I mean he could lead the the Ravens deep into this playoffs. I don't I know about deep, there, but there's a chance. One game at a time, Michael. One yeah, game at a time. We're going one game at a time. I think yeah. I think that Baltimore is a scary good team for this playoff run. Mm-hmm. And I think Lamar Jackson will definitely benefit them a lot, including this week against the Browns. That's a good that's a good looking cookie. Yeah. We'll we'll so, have to dip some of our rookie quarterbacks in some milk yeah, after we're gonna, this. Yeah, we're gonna have to get off the air soon we're gonna go get some milk yeah we gotta get some milk to dunk these cookies and we've got a josh rosen one over there i'm not probably not gonna eat that one until i've had about nine other ones first yeah and then i'll touch the josh rosen cookie but uh those are some good looking cookies michael yeah i uh it's been a fun year it's been a fun year we've gotten seven episodes under the belt here about 100 million views total Um, rough estimate yeah that's a very rough estimate and uh a lot more to look forward to in 2019 Yes. I'm uh, excited about it all. This has been a good episode. Good few seven episodes. As always, definitely, like we said earlier, check us out on Spotify and Apple Music, First and Symbol 10, First and Symbol 10, as well as Facebook, First and 10, First for the and symbol. And even our website, which is First and 10, the number 10, sports.com. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the right one. And then our Twitter, First and Number 10 Pod. Yes. Yeah, check us out on all of those. Definitely share. We've been appreciating all the five stars and all the reviews. Um, With that being said, I think Michael and I are going to get out of there. We hope you have a good new year. And uh, we'll be back for an exciting first week of, uh, first episode of 2019. We'll be talking about coach firings and uh, AFC playoffs. Or NFL, wildcard playoffs. Yeah. Got a lot to talk about next episode. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Michael? Um, I think, um... Just have a happy and safe new year. Well, uh, yeah, it's we're gonna be. It'll be a year since mm-hmm. we'll be doing these. Well, yeah, we'll see you next year. Yeah, it'll we'll be, see you next year. Yeah, we won't see us till next year, folks. And yeah. uh, with that, I think I'm gonna end it before Michael yeah. and I make any more dad <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye.